Where's Jill? She's really lonely and out walking the cornfield again. Do you think they will ever find us true love? Not hanging out with us all day. We used to be lonely. Until we met on Farmers Only. FarmersOnly.com is the new online dating site for farmers, ranchers, and good old country folks. You don't have to be lonely at FarmersOnly.com. City folks just don't get it. The Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. So I was walking Karen just now, and there's a guy wearing a, a sleeveless shirt. And on the back, it says, no gods, no sleeves. I mean, is this where we're at now? People are being dicks about wearing sleeveless shirts. Like, hey, bro, come at me. I'm wearing a sleeveless shirt. Is that what? Have you guys seen this? Is this no. just me? Uh, was he a buff dude? I mean, he was wearing a sleeveless shirt. But I mean, we weren't in South Carolina. Uh, I don't understand. What, what the fuck is people's problem? I mean, I got no problem with the God, the no gods part. That's fine, but the, but put some sleeves on. He didn't look like he was twenty. Your anti-muscle shirt? Yes. What about if it was nineteen eighty-six and and you got your power slave muscle tee? But it's not nineteen eighty-six. Okay. And so I you... didn't. I wouldn't walk around wearing a shirt that said "fuck you, bro." I'm not wearing sleeves. <laughs> Did it make you feel like fighting him? It did. But, you know, he was wearing a muscle shirt for some reason, and I didn't want to find out what the real reason was. I always thought muscles, they're kind of dirty, because you can smell somebody's armpit if they raise their arm and you see it, and it's, that's all it is. But it doesn't offend me, unless they stink. Raising, right. yeah. No. <laughs> well, but it also, not having the sleeves airs out your armpit, so hopefully... You're not trapping sweat and yeah, water. right. It's airing them out for the rest of us to smell. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, it's a double-edged sword. I feel like we uh, didn't really get to talk to each other last week. I, I, I've, I've missed our talks. Yeah, uh, the banter, the banter. There was no banter. We went right into Greece two last week. Right. So I've decided oh. that this week it should be all banter, guestless episode uh and it also helps because our guest fell through this week <laughs> when was the last time we had a guestless episode the second episode no we've had i mean originally every episode was going to be, every other episode was going to be guestless remember in the beginning yeah 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 but that didn't I could, that I, I think the last time it was just the three of us might have been it's a wonderful life right yeah, 
I don't know. I mean, I guess we've come to the end of the line, folks. I've run out of friends. <laughs> it's bound to happen at some point. I mean, unless we start double dipping with like we did with Juliana. I mean, we couldn't. I couldn't even get our manager to come on the show tonight. Nobody wants to come on the show. Eddie, why don't you come on the show? Yeah. It's been so long since you even mentioned your manager. I wasn't even sure if you still had a manager. <laughs> <laughs> well, after tonight, we might not. Is uh, is Eddie, does Eddie still feel as 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 poorly about our show as he used to? I don't know. I was thinking that it was going to be a great idea to get him on to to talk about how disappointed he is <laughs> in what the show has become. Is he? Is he really disappointed or is he just trying to save face? What do you mean? How would that <laughs> help he? him save face? I don't know. He, he, was he on board in the beginning and now he's not? What's what's going on here? I thought it was his idea. It was his idea. But he's not impressed anymore? What is it? I don't think he's impressed. I don't think the show is what he wanted it to be. <laughs> Let's let's in his absence. Let's let's explore this a little bit. What is it that you think he wanted it to be? I think that he wanted it to be uh, what it is, but not as freewheeling as it is. He wanted it to be, you know, about us talking to people who do something that they love and have been doing it for a long time, and they're and you know what drives them, and you know that kind of thing. Um. Which is, what I think, what we do, right? In between insults and, and, and stuff like that, yes. <laughs> he could probably do without the insults. Uh, <laughs> like Gabe could. I'm trying. I'm cutting back. You're cutting back on the insults? I haven't. I didn't insult uh, anybody <laughs> last week. I did, I, I, oh, I yeah. Two weeks without an insult. So I went to see uh, Peaches last night at the Metro and, uh, and ran into Max Crawford. And he says hi, Gabe. All right. Yeah. And he says he right. he says he would love to come back on the show because he's got a lot more. And I'm assuming for you specifically. <laughs> I don't think so. I think I think he took it. <laughs> he was wearing a muscle shirt, by the way. <laughs> it's been a crazy summer, but I am done editing the movie. I finished. Hey. Yeah, I know. Very relieved so you mean felix has received your version and said oh i can work with this everything's done i'm ready he put all the reels together and now we can send it to this guy that we want to send it to to mix and edit the sound okay uh, so picture is locked is what you're saying uh picture's not locked but oh. uh um, <laughs> the new edit is done Everything is in there that I want in there. Now, I, I still think I can tinker with it, but we are ready to move to the next step. But I'm glad that's over because uh, I have to, I've got a lot of stuff coming up now. This Joe Cassidy tribute show, I got to learn a bunch of songs for that. We've got uh, a Married Men show on Saturday. Where's this Married Men show? It is Skokie, uh, Skokie Illinois, in downtown Skokie. It's a free show at five o'clock. Are you are you gonna go, Gabe? Uh, if I was in town, I'd be there for sure. But well, if you were to come, you might hear some violin, and that's all I'm gonna say about it. 
Oh, wow. oh that was a question I had for you. Is the band going to be the same lineup as was at the, was it the Empty Bottle, the last one? Right. There and, might you're, be, and you're saying no, it's not. There might be an extra member. That's awesome. Jerry Slaughter from, from the Cold Manor reached out to me and said, are you coming to this Married Men show? And I said, if you, rem- if you remind me, I will try to get there. So hopefully Jerry will remind me. So he's coming to Skokie. Yeah. All the way from Kentucky. Kentucky to Skokie. Or Anoki from Finoki <laughs> is coming to Skokie. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's back up a second. Let's talk about this reunion show, because we didn't get to talk about it last week. So how did that go? What did you play? Oh, the high school reunion show. The high school reunion show. Yeah, I know there's lots we of different reunions. We played... Which, I, like, if, if you remember, I did not know it was going to be a reunion show. And then right. turns out it was. And I was like, what? So, and it turned out to be a lot of fun. Uh, but we played, you know, like, The Cars and uh, Psychedelic Furs and In Excess and uh, Prince, you know, 8675309 for Gabe. Oh, wow. I didn't hear that. Uh, <laughs> Did you sing it? I sang 8675309. I was saying I got it. <laughs> and we did Men at Work, Overkill. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Good time. Were people dancing? There was some dancing. The, the cars got everybody moving. What car song was it? Just What I Needed. Oh, you said that already. Did, did I? No, I don't, I don't think I did. No. I don't think I did. But that guitar solo in that song sucks. It's great. It's, it's a lot of work. So now I got to learn a bunch of new guitar solos uh, for Sunday, for Joe Cassidy's thing. Um, so Joe Cassidy died like about a year ago. And this is a benefit. Well, it's a benefit tribute it's a tribute show for him a celebration of his life and music and he was in a band called assassins and another band called butterfly child he was always there for everybody he was into management he did a a remix of hold that thought which uh fascinates me I'll dig around and see if i can find this thing it's pretty amazing um but yeah it was a real shock he died way too young you know who would be better at talking about this than me? Let's give him a let's give him a call. Greg Corner. All right. Oh yeah, Greg. Hey. He's been on the yeah. show before. He's right across the street. Hey Greg. Hello, Scott. Did I see you last night at uh Peaches? Um I was there for two songs. Oh yeah. Um I had a I it was a big debacle. I did the boat party. Metro was nice enough to let me bring all my gear in my van and park next to the lot. Uh-huh. So, uh, cause the boat party ended at nine 30 and then we went straight there. So I missed like two songs if I would have got in, but then my one friend, I brought a bunch of people from the boat party there yeah. and I had tickets for everybody. And then this one girl that we were friends with who lives in the suburbs, um, mm-hmm. didn't have her vaccine card and oh. never used a vaccine card before, even though she was vaccinated, she works in the health industry, but has only gone out in the suburbs where she hasn't needed it. So I was out there trying to deal with her drunk, finding her vax card for 30 minutes. So uh, I missed a lot. It was, it was 
not the best way to end the night. Oh. <laughs> but uh, I saw two songs of Peaches, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, I saw um, uh, Boys Want to Be Here, and that was, like, so fucking great, man. Yeah. Did you see when she came out in the big condom? Uh, no, I didn't see that. No, that was that was the highlight of the night. <laughs> So, uh, speaking of the Metro, what do we got going on Sunday night? Oh, Sunday is a celebration of Joe Cassidy, our friend from The Assassins and Butterfly Child. Um, He passed away last year. Um, And a lot of us that are playing at uh, this this tribute on Sunday were all at his memorial last year at G-Man Tavern. Mm -hmm. And uh, Joe Shanahan was talking to actually Paul Massaro. our, our sound guy friend. Right, um, he was there last night too. Yeah, yeah he was there last night with yeah. uh, his wife. And um, and they were talking. They're like, God, this would be great to do just to hang out with everyone and see everybody from the scene, but not at a funeral or a mm-hmm. wedding. You know? Yeah. So Joe Shanahan kind of came up with the idea of doing this tribute show um, after that. And uh, we kind of got the ball rolling on it like four months ago. And then they put me in charge to be the music director and wrangle like 30 people together to perform songs from Joe's catalog of Butterfly Child. Also, the Assassins, the band he was in, uh, will be performing. And then a bunch of us getting together and doing cover songs, including Matt Walker and Chris Connolly's Sons of the Silent Age doing David Bowie cover songs. So. Yeah, there's a lot of people you had to wrangle. I mean, this list is crazy. Uh, yeah. We got a like, lot of people who have been on this show before we got blake smith louise post you said matt walker uh you're gonna be there right yeah <laughs> yeah okay uh oh, ashley campbell yeah ashley campbell glenn campbell's daughter and cal campbell both of them how, how how did she know joe was he managing her yeah yeah he was uh he i think he managed her and produced some of her songs or wrote with her so i think they're gonna play a song that they uh, wrote together and maybe a Butterfly Child song, I think. Nice. So, or maybe she guest vocaled on a Butterfly Child song. I'm not, I, I'm not 100% clear on that. But Yeah, I think the one they're going to do is the one that Louise wanted to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right. right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I felt so bad for Louise because Louise, like, she was like, I want to do this song. I'm like, oh, Ashley Campbell's already done that. And then she came. She's like, I want to do this song. I'm like, oh, that's somebody else is already playing that song. <laughs> like the two Butterfly Child songs she wanted. So, um, and then she she did a third song that she wanted to do, um, which is Top of the City, I believe. Right. Uh, Butterfly Child. So. Well, good. I mean, you know, this is this is going to be fun. This will be a, a good time. And, uh, and it's going to a charity. Yeah, um, so um, they have um, a charity in Belfast for basically young musicians um, to, I guess, learn music or, you know, get better, uh, I believe, in music. It's like some kind of like music school, I believe. Sarah Marmer would be the one to to talk about that. She set it up. It's basically they they started like a scholarship under Joe's name in Belfast. So, yeah. So Joe Cassidy Award. Yeah, the Joe Cassidy Award. Yeah. 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 Well, um, I, you know, he was a great guy and, and you know, that's it was a shock. It sucked. Yeah, for all uh, of us. But I'm really glad we're doing this. This will be a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of really good people are coming from out of town that uh, I haven't seen in a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um Yeah, I'm trying to think who other who else is like that we can mention. Um 
Uh, you got Justin Webb, Lindsay oh, yeah, Feathers. Justin Webb. Haven't seen Lindsay in a while. Yeah, Lindsay. Um, and then Steve I think Krakow. Justin Webb's brother uh, is coming. Yeah, Steve Krakow from Plastic Crime Wave Syndicate. Um, and then Marvel Kind, all the Marvel Kind guys. Right. There'll be somewhat of a Marvel Kind reunion. Oh, that'll be you fun. know. Um, so yeah, it's in and, and and then you know I'll, I guess a few members of uh, Veruca Salt will be there in all of his incarnations. Uh, right. You know, Tasty J and uh, and Kevin Tiesta, I believe, yeah. is going to be playing. Members too, of so. uh, Veruca Salt Airplane. Yeah, Veruca yeah. Airplane. Is that <laughs> yeah, what yeah. you called it? Yeah. Starship. <laughs> Veruca Starship. Veruca. <laughs> hilarious yeah um so yeah I'm, I'm 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 definitely looking forward to it but i'm actually can't wait for it to be over because like the stress level on this for like, the last month is like ruined my summer and i'm like i just want to relax after the show you tell know, me about sure it dude it all goes smooth you know so tell me about it yeah <laughs> all right man go to work all right yep go to work i'll see you i'll see you on wednesday thanks right, guys cool. bye. Take it easy. okay bye thank you greg it's great to have you on the show. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to say, right? To podcast guests. Did you notice uh, Greg like had, he, he had a bound for the floor on those video screens. Just he's fucking with me. Greg he, looked like he was on the set of Colossus, the Forbin project. He was, <laughs> what? He was, uh, he was surrounded by old school looking TV monitors and computers, yeah, those computers old- and, one of those TV monitors is mine. Remember, Gabe, the TV I had in my apartment with the, the VCR built into it? That wasn't from the van, was it? No, we had to get a smaller one for the van. But you had one already with a VCR, yes. and you gave it to Greg because he's, he's that kind of guy that likes that tech stuff? Also? Well, he does, a, he does a, like a sort of club MTV thing from his house. Uh <laughs> on TikTok, I, I mean, I'm not kidding. He, he like he um, he streams DJ shows. Are I, we, I did one once. Are we old? I, I watched a little bit of that, but I, I felt old. Like, what am I watching here? I think I'm too old for this. I think I am. I think you're too old for anything that has TikTok uh, associated with it. Yeah, I think when TikTok came, that's when I said, "No, I'm out. I'm done. I don't need any more social media." stuff this is it i've I've crossed the limit of my acceptable social media accounts yeah you have no fomo about tiktok fomo fomo i don't know what that is fear of missing out see that's the that's my point i don't even know what fomo is it's like you're kissing cousin to yolo is it i never i know what yolo is but i never heard fomo i'm gonna forget about it after this conversation have you ever heard of mofo <laughs> I mean, FOMO isn't even that new, right, Ben? The, the kids no. don't even say that anymore. No, they don't. I don't think yeah. the kids were alive when that was around. Either way, TikTok is for the kids. I'm, I'm too old for this stuff. What, what would be a social site that could get Gabe back involved? Like if like there was a straight edge or a hardcore or Revelation Records TikTok Maybe no. somebody can start that for you. Is no. there still a MySpace? Ooh, you should check out MySpace, Gabe. No. That's just... I don't have space in my life for this stuff. Hmm. Right, Ben? Just like, the, just like FarmersOnly.com, right? Is that what farmers it is? Only, yeah. That's what... <laughs> you remember that jingle? That song got in my head for months, and it couldn't get out. Sing it. No, 
I don't remember anymore. I, I, that's how good it was. But <clears throat> are there that many farmers looking for dates that they got to have their own site? Have you seen farmers? And are sheeps and cows able to, <laughs> I mean, even use the app? I don't understand if they're coming um, Hey, uh, okay. Uh, somebody was talking about uh, being at some kind of like heavy metal convention in Chicago this week. Uh-huh. And they thought that if the question, if our question got asked at that venue, Iron Maiden would win in the landslide. So maybe we're just asking the wrong people. Oh, the one where everybody was stuffing their face with cheese curds? Those yes. people prefer yes. Iron yes, Maiden yes. to replacements? What a shock. Cheese curd massacre. Gabe, okay, what's your favorite Iron Maiden song? My favorite Iron Maiden song? Uh, that's a good question because it changes over the years. I mean, Killers used to be my favorite album. But then it went back to Powers. So they would go back and forth between the two. But a favorite song from Iron Maiden might even be an instrumental. Lost for words. It's lost for words. It's not lost for words. I said lost for. No T. L-O-S-F-E-R. I No, you didn't hear T. I know my lost for words. Big aura, as I would call it. Oi, 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 oi. Ben, you might like this one. There's no singing. <laughs> I've never said a bad thing about the singing in Iron Maiden. I've never said anything bad about it. He hasn't. Is there a chorus in that instrumental? Is there a chorus in any instrumental? Yeah. Not, I don't know. I guess you could say that, but only if it's an instrumental of a song that has words. You know what I mean? Yes, I do know what you mean. Like if it were the instrumental version of Day in the Life. Is that what you mean? Kind of, yeah. Any instrumental, yeah. you know. Jeff Beck's coming to town, by the way, and I will not be in town. I'm bummed. Mm-hmm. Do you got a favorite Iron Maiden song there, Ben? No. Okay, well then, I'll go. Uh, Hallowed Be Thy Name. It's the best. It might be their best, but I, it, it's just too easy to say that, so I went off the... Hold on. I mean, sometimes the best is just the best. And it's not like I said, run to the hills. Right. But did you, did you ever listen to Papa Roach? Uh, no. Last Resort and think, this is Hallowed Be Thy Name? Because no, it is. It I is. never have. Listen to it. I can't tell what you guys I don't are want saying. To. Are you saying Hallowed Be Thy Name? Which is what it sounds like? Or are you saying Hallowed? Hallowed. 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 Okay. Gotcha. It depends, what on th- which si- depends on what side of the Mississippi you're, you're born what was right? the other thing that you thought we might be saying? Hello, be thy name? Hallowed. H-O, H-O, not H-A. Oh, hallowed, hallowed, hallowed. Yeah. Say, well, like Halloween. What? No, Halloween is with an H. Halloween? Halloween. 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 Even Halloween. I guess hollow and I guess they, I guess you can say them exactly the same way. I've got a hollow Halloween. feeling in my stomach right now from this whole conversation. <laughs> All right, well, how about this? What's the best Aerosmith song? It's uh, oh, go ahead, Gabe. <laughs> it's pre it's pre nineteen eighty for sure. No we know shit. That. We know that. Yeah. Let's, let's Obviously. Take, take everything else off the map. If you don't like those, you, you don't like those pop. 
things like dude looks like a lady or pink. Oh, hell no. That's, you know, like pink? That pink song? That's not even Aerosmith. Pink might be the worst song uh, ever made. <laughs> <laughs> that song is S-H-I-T. <laughs> that's the stuff by Desmond Child. That, that's not a Desmond Child song. Dude looks like a lady is Desmond Child. Is it? I just yeah. made that up. I, I just guessed. Pink might be like Glenn Ballard, actually. Maybe it's that four non-blondes chick. It could be. It could be. Well, I'll find out while you guys talk about Aerosmith some more. What's, well, what's your favorite, your Aerosmith? favorite well, Aerosmith song? I mean, if I'm going to have to rule out those, you know. You don't have period. to. You don't have to rule out anything. We will make fun of you, but you don't have to rule it out. Well, the, the, honestly, I, I first, I mean, I'm, I had friends who were into Aerosmith. I never was. I never really listened to the albums at the time. But I was totally into REM, and when they did Toys in the Attic, that was sort of a gateway. Dead Letter Office. Yeah. So Toys in the Attic is your favorite. It's a good one. I like it's a great those. one. I like I like those those Aerosmith hits. Um, uh, I like their I like the Walk This Way with Run DMC. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Do Do you guys like the original Walk This Way or the Run DMC Walk This Way? I, they're both fine, but the original is. Better, a little bit more yeah. unhinged. You got it, Gabe? Have you figured it out? I mean, I'm gonna go with the easy one and say Sweet Emotion just because it's a great song. Because the harmony is so good. It's a great harmony. I mean But it's just so easy to say, Gabe. Yeah, because I'm not a big Aerosmith freak fan, you know. I my kind of I don't have any Aerosmith in my collection actually. All right, there's three writers credited for Pink. Steven Tyler, mm. Glenn Ballard, as you said. <laughs> and the third one is this guy. I don't know, quite know who it is, but maybe I'll be embarrassed to admit that. Richard Supa? Hmm. Richard Zupa? S-U-P-A. Supa. Huh. All right, the correct um, answer is Seasons of Wither. Seasons also of accept- Wither? Yes, Round and Round. <laughs> round and Round is a great Aerosmith song, too. Glenn Ballard wrote for Wilson Phillips and Alanis Morissette and Aerosmith. Yeah, he came into the studio with them once when we were mixing uh, uh, As Good as Dead. They were taking a look at the studio. And Joe and Joe and Steve walked in with Glenn Ballard. And I was like, uh, I was you excited re- that Aerosmith was there, but I was not a Glenn Ballard fan. At the and time. you recognized him by his face in a goatee. Glenn, Glenn Ballard. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he was totally recognizable. He was so famous back then, remember? Oh, yeah. He had his name and everything. Yeah. Oh, right. Let me tell you some more about Rich Supa, though. He's a longtime friend of Aerosmith. He made a number of musical contributions to the band. He temporary, temporarily replaced Joe Perry when Joe Perry left the band in 79. Yes. He played, he played guitar on Night in the Ruts. Right in the Nuts. Did you know that, Gabe? No. Oh, that's funny. I never knew that. That's a great <laughs> pun. Or whatever they call that. Uh, Steven Tyler says that Night of the Ruts is his favorite album. His quote is, heroin, shooting coke, eating opium, and it was just, I love that album. Night in the Ruts. It's like a fucking solar eclipse. Okay. If he says so. 
So I was at a uh, friend's lake house over the weekend, having a wonderful mm -hmm. time. And I'm usually in charge of showing the movies in the, in the movie room. Oh. I, I curate the movie room. Who curates the music throughout the weekend? It's usually my friend Blake. Uh, but so I was like, let's watch the sadness. Have you seen the sadness yet? <laughs> yes. I have. Seen oh, you, you did see it. Okay. So yeah. I thought it was going to be a huge hit. I was like, D we're gonna, all going to be laughing and horrified and this is going to be great. They hated it. They hated it. And I, so much so that I don't think I, I, I don't feel like I know them anymore. I don't think I can curate movies there anymore. It didn't change. It didn't change the opinion of the movie for you. It changed your opinion of your friends. No, I'm doubling down on it. Like I think it's the best movie of the year now. I'm like, you guys hate this thing. This thing is great. <laughs> Screw you. I'm going. I'm going to the mat for this movie. Nice. But yeah, I, 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 I just don't understand people anymore. There's nothing but, worse. Yeah, they were not. They were not happy about it. You know, it's probably been over a year since I did one of those local H lyric callbacks that Scott tells me to do. So I want to pride myself on my restraint. It took me a long time to come up with another one. Well, I know you wanted to, to make tonight's episode a song exploder episode. No, yeah. what exactly are you talking about here? Song exploder. It's a great podcast series where some really twee NPR dude interviews... Um, songwriter musicians uh, and, and the format of the show is like you never really hear him talking it's a, it's basically you hear a songwriter or an artist or musician talk about writing a specific song and the recording process and while they're talking you sort of hear little bits and pieces of maybe demos that they recorded or some of the basic tracks and it, it's usually only 10 or 20 minutes tops and it's just sort of like tells the story of the writing and recording of a specific song so we and, could do a song exploder episode like right now it yeah. doesn't have to be because you know our episodes are too long for everybody anyway so we could right. we could stick it in in there you want to do, do it well yeah but sure we could do it <laughs> we could try it all right do you have a, a song that we should explode or maybe we should call our song imploder maybe that would be Sure. Maybe we, we'd avoid copyright infringement. I, I like their first two records. Uh, Imploder? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Defiler. Defiler. <laughs> the song Defiler by Defiler off the record Defiler. <laughs> My greatest contribution to pop culture. <laughs> Were we thinking of a song in, in specific here or are we just trying to find one? Well, I think Ben should be the one to pick. All right. Ben. Well, well, we're 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 getting ready to celebrate. Here comes the zoo for the rest of this year. Okay. So I feel like it should be something off of that album. And the song that I've always been interested in hearing about is "Keep Your Girlfriend Away from Me." All right. Or let's do, yeah. Go ahead. Let's do "Keep Your Girlfriend Away from Me" on song imploder. Imploder. Song yeah. imploder. Okay. Take it away. You're listening to Song Imploder, where musicians take apart their songs and piece by piece tell the story of how they were made, and then talk shit about those songs and make you embarrassed you asked about them in the first place. My name is Ben Reiser. 
Local H is an American rock band from Zion, Illinois, originally formed in 1990. This year marks the 20th anniversary of their fourth album, Here Comes the Zoo. And for this episode of Song Imploder, I spoke with singer-songwriter-guitarist for the band Scott Lucas and former road manager, current merchandise seller, and tambourine specialist Gabe Rodriguez about a song from that album, Keep Your Girlfriend. Keep your girlfriend with me. Scott Lucas. I had seen that movie in the company of men, uh, Neil Butte's first movie, and I was kind of fascinated with that movie. And, you know, it's about toxic masculinity before we were calling it that. And, and so what was interesting to me about the movie was it, you know, they were being really awful to this deaf woman, but it turns out that the big reveal is it, it was all about the sick competition between men. And so it was all about competition between men and the woman, she didn't even, she barely needed to be there. She was just like collateral damage. And so with this, song with keep your girlfriend i wanted to do this thing where like you know this guy was gonna steal this guy's girlfriend but it had almost nothing to do with the girl it was like he wanted to fuck over this other guy and it was about dominating the other guy more than anything else and so that was the idea behind the lyrics But it was like a character, like, you know, a lot of the songs on Here Comes the Zoo are about like midlife crisis type of stuff. And, you know, people being afraid of being has-beens and aging. And and, and there's a lot of that stuff on the record. I mean, it's it wasn't supposed to be a concept record, but when you look at it, it kind of is. And so, I you know, I think when people behave that way, you know, it's it's because of something it's about themselves you know it's a self-hatred it was that neil labute movie that really ticked off the idea usually it's music first that i write but what what happened with that song and part of the reason why i think it's kind of a clunky song is the lyrics were first so uh you know it i had the concept for the song and then i had to sort of flesh it out with lyrics and then the music. So the concept was the most important part and the first part of the song. I knew what it was about before I had anything else. And so everything was around those lyrics and that idea for the song. And the thing I didn't realize about it until we had Jerry Only come in and do background vocals was that it kind of sounds like uh, you can't put your arm your arms around a memory. You can't put your arm around a memory. like yeah it's kind of got a heartbreakers thing going on and i was like oh yeah i love tom petty and the heartbreakers and it wasn't until like a you know a few hours later i was like oh no he's talking about the heartbreakers and um and now i can totally hear it i remember somebody like and there was a review and somebody had said it was the the most inessential or the least essential song we'd ever written and i was like okay 
I, I, I can, I, I see that. I can get behind that. Um, there's a lot on that record that's, that's, uh, that's really shitty and mean. And, and, you know, there's a lot of battle of the sexes type of stuff on the, that record. And, and it's, it's really, it's tough to, to, to like listen to sometimes. To talk to me about honesty. To talk to me about loyalty. To talk to me about a goddamn thing. Just keep your girlfriend away from me. We stopped playing that song like years ago. And we consciously stopped playing that song. We, we were in DC. And I think it was just after Harvey Weinstein. And, and I was like, I don't want to play this song anymore because I, mean, I, I think people misunderstand high five and motherfucker all the time. And I think that, that I get a kick out of that. I think that's really funny. It's like the people that that song is about don't understand that they're being made fun of while they enjoy it. Uh, and that's why it works. But I feel like the people that this song is about think it's cool or, you know, they think it's a bragging type of song. Like this is something like, yeah, man, you know, I'll take anything I want. There's nothing funny about somebody not getting that song. It's actually, it's, it goes against what I was trying to do. And we have a lot of songs like that. You know, there's like user on the first record and manipulator on the first record. Sounds like sports bar. And it's just kind of like, I mean, it's a common theme in this band. And one of the points of that, like, you know, we grew up on heavy metal that was like really sexist and, you know, had these shitty lyrics and Guns N' Roses was really popular at the time. And they had songs about beating up women and stuff like that. And I was just kind of like, so we would take that and put it into this music. And I, I you know, we weren't the only bands that were doing that. And I, I just think that it was lost on most people, especially people that were listening to those kind of songs. People would call out for the song and you could tell they were yelling it out for the wrong reasons and mm. getting into it for the wrong reasons. And so, you know, the last time we played it, we were in DC, it said, this is the last time we're ever going to play this song. Fuck this song. So it, it's one of the weird ones to take off the shelf for this record. And also, it, it's, it's, not, it's not a favorite of mine. You know, it, it's, not, it's not something I, I, I'm a big fan of. I mean, it, it cooks towards the end, but, you know, I don't know. Gabe Rodriguez. My my thing about that song is just just the melody and the sound of it, the warmness, the warmthness of it. Is that a word? Because the guitar sounds so different than anything else on the record, in my opinion. I think it was a twelve string. We sat around one day in like the trucks. We said, "What if we put a twelve string on it?" No, actually, I mean twelve was. I think it was going to be that from the beginning. I, I'm trying to think. What other song we might have been thinking of that had a 12-string? But, but that was the idea. That, but the weird part about it is when the 12 comes in halfway through the first verse, it sort of ruins the dynamics for when the chorus kicks in because that 12 comes crashing in, and it's too loud. <laughs> so it's like, so when we get to the chorus, the only thing that kicks it up a notch is those other vocals. Of ecstasy to keep your girlfriend away from me. Here we go, yeah, I know how to 
sang on that, right, Gabe? Yes. I came out uh, at the end of the the recording session. We were doing the gang vocals, and uh, you said, come out here, let's do this. And it was Brian, me, and you in the room. And there might have been other people already did their parts, you know what I mean? Cause, like Jerry Only? Yeah, I didn't get to meet Jerry, Jerry Only. He, he, was dead, he must have done his parts before I got there. So, so did he do before or after you're saying? I want to say it was before. Okay. So you got to sing along with his tracks, though, right? Yes. No, I think he sang along with your tracks. I don't think so, because when, when we did Static Age, he was already done, I thought. Because okay. you said, hey, he thought he was going to be the lead. Right. For for the, the the Static Age song and I'm and it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, is that the lead? And you make him sound like when you when you do his uh, impersonation, you make him sound like Bowser from Shanana. <laughs> it was a little bit like that. I believe he was wearing a, a sleeveless T-shirt, and he was. I know he was definitely wearing wrestling pants, uh, <laughs> and and uh, he brought his son with him who he wanted Jack to listen to his son's demo. I think he wanted Jack to produce his son's band. And his son was not too impressed with Keep Your Girlfriend. He, he was like, oh, yeah, Poppy. Like, just said Poppy in, in, like, the most dismissive way possible. I was like, I, I know what you're talking about, kid. It's not lost on me what you're trying to say. I always thought it could have been a single, but that's just me. It's one of my favorite songs on the record. Not because I got to play tambourine on it, but... It's it's uh it's just very catchy. And it's not even the chorus, it's the verses. That's that's another thing that we always used to like to do is like sort of blur the lines between what the verse and what the chorus is and like make verses that were catchier than the chorus. Maybe I'm being too hard on the song, you know. It's just that I don't know. It's it, it for me what, what I was trying to do with that song, it's a failure. So it it it, it bums me out. I don't know. If I had found a better way to go about it, I think maybe it'd be more effective. But as it is, I don't know. There's just something that misses the mark. What was going on at the time, Gabe? Like, why did every song on this record have a call and response vocal? What were, were we into something at the time that. Uh, I don't know for sure, but you had, sure had a lot of it. You sure had a lot. I mean, Rock and Roll Professionals. Half Life, yeah. There, there's, and I still n- never knew those words on Half Life. But there's like, f- for some reason, right after Pack the Cats, you started doing these call and response stuff. For some reason, I think Rocket from the Crypt might have had some kind of influence on that. Yeah, because you you kind of had a fascination with them doing it, but you didn't really overtly say I'm going to rip it off or anything. You just you know it came it came out a lot. Yeah, there's somebody, uh, I feel like there's somebody that was doing gang vocals and we were getting into gang vocals. And since we had, you know, a, a crew and we had people that could come on and, you know, because we started with, with Gabe was the crew. And so he would come on and he'd be part of the show. So once the crew started getting bigger, I might have been devising ways to have the entire crew be a part of the show. <laughs> And so then it was like, all right, well, let's do gang vocals, you know.
it was fun though. It's it's always fun to to go out there and have the call and response because it's like you, you seem to have more fun with those kind of songs live because you get to run around a little more. But this is this is some call and response shit on Keep Your Girlfriend. I mean, even the title in a way is a failure. It's like should it have been called Keep Your Girlfriend Away From Me? It's called Keep Your Girlfriend. And I'm just kind of like, you know, I don't know. It's just, it sounds clunky. I don't know how I ever thought I was going to get away with it. It just sounds clunky. The title, that's how I feel. Song imploded. And now, here's Keep Your Girlfriend in its entirety. Keep your girlfriend away from me. Just about some Sense of camaraderie. I've got a couple hits of ecstasy to keep your girlfriend away from me. Here we go, yeah. Friend, away from me. 
Local H is performing Here Comes the Zoo in its entirety this fall. Tickets are available at www.localh.com. Yeah, I'm on the, I'm on the hunt for ventriloquist dolls. I've acquired a couple already, and they are terrifying. Like, what, what were people thinking with ventriloquist dolls? I mean, when did they start with Charlie McCarthy? I think they're before him. I don't know when they started. That's a good question. I mean, was there ever was there ever a time where there weren't like movies or plays or books about these evil ventriloquist dolls? Were they ever seen as benign? Well, I know what what I saw as a kid, and of course, way predates my childhood. Is that movie Dead of Night it was the was right. the first, I think that might be the first like using a ventriloquist dummy in that sort of spooky way that they basically that made before a whole Twilight movie Zone? out of. Yes, Dead of Night is from the forties or even the thirties. Okay. I think it's from the forties. British. It's like an omnibus it, film, and it's just one of five yeah. stories. Yeah, um, I would have thought it was in the fifties. Oh, really? No. And I was watching a Jude Law movie, an old Jude Law movie, the other day, and I was thinking, well, he'd be perfect now to do a remake of Magic. Uh, mm. He'd be he'd be the right guy because he looks like a ventriloquist, you know, in the same way that Anthony Hopkins was great because Fats the dummy kind of looks like him. I think for, you know it would be easy to have a ventriloquist dummy that looks like. Oh, Jude so you're Law. saying Jude Law would play the? <laughs> he like he'd play the he dummy wouldn't play yet. the dummy. He'd play he'd the play, ventriloquist. Play yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I can I can see it now. Yeah. Uh ventriloquism uh dates back to Egyptian and Hebrew archaeology. I don't know if the wow. dummies themselves do. Huh. It's such a weird stupid thing. Speaking of weird stupid things, any uh response to our Greece 2 episode? <laughs> the only comment on our SoundCloud page is from Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> what does it say? What did you say, Gabe? Uh, this is my kind of episode. Yeah, pretty much. Are you saying the the the, the kids didn't like it? I, I don't know. They didn't been, come along with, on the ride with us. There's been a deafening silence so far. <laughs> oh, he says, "Still got these songs in my head." That was his comment. It took a week to get them out. Now I'm on to something else. I'm on the Cinderella kick. Oh. Uh, hold the phone. Cinderella <laughs> the band? Oh, yes. What? <laughs> Don't say, oh, yes. <laughs> like, oh, yes. Yes. You were talking the- about Aerosmith earlier. Cinderella's got some chops. Listen. Keep it that- coming. I was we're thinking listening. to myself. I was thinking to myself. Un- unfurl this. They would, they, they would be a huge band if it wasn't for the grunge explosion that happened. But, you know, a lot of that was because of Pearl Jam. They were and, gone before the grunge explosion. No, they weren't, that, they weren't gone. They were in between records. I'm just saying. They, they, had a short, they had a short-lived career, but they sold millions and millions of records. What other they, grunge-era records sound like? They didn't have many because the singer got the got the singer had some problems with his throat and he couldn't sing for a while. So Oh, I'll say he had some problems with his throat. No, no, no. <laughs> I used to think they were an ACDC ripoff band. They but are. I, 
No. Go back. Go back and listen. Ask Justine what she thinks of Cinderella. She loves Cinderella. Okay, there we go. And I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna have this conversation with her. I'm having it with you. <laughs> it's good stuff. What's the best Cinderella? She does song? not. She, she is not above. Uh, she likes a lot of shit. So you know, <laughs> it, 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 it's not. It's not like oh, well, see, Justine likes it, so it must be good. That's not. That's not. Mm-mm. No, I I I respect uh, her taste in music some most of the time, <laughs> except her love for Alice Cooper. That, that's a little too much. You don't like Alice Cooper. I like him, but I don't love him. But you love Cinderella. I think I do. I think I do. <laughs> I played you know who the loved Alice Cooper's early stuff and used to play those early albums before their shows all the time. Replacements. The replacements. Oh. Alice Cooper stuff is great. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. You go down that rabbit hole at Spotify and you play the best of Cinderella and it goes on for two hours and you're like, hold on a second. They still have this many songs? No, no, no. They still have songs that you're like, oh my God. They are that good. You should should put Spotify on Enough's Enough for yourself. Uh, You want to go down a rabbit hole. I can't ride that Enough's Enough stuff like Ben does. (coughs) I'd like right. to say I, I'm supportive of local rock like that, but you know no. what? I see your enough's enough. I see your Cinderella. I'll raise you a zebra. Yeah. <laughs> Knew that was coming. Now that's good stuff. What does zebra sound like? Comparably, they sound. I mean, I guess there could be a zeppelin thing going on what's the zebra song i should play for us right now what's the what's your big zebra hit tell me what you want everybody loves that song you know that one gabe no oh yes gabe you know tell me what you want i don't think i know any zebra songs you do i don't think so we gotta cook queued up yeah hang on i'm wasting my time zebra they're not even national are they Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I mean, did, not did they did they sell over a thousand records? Not, I'm not saying you have to sell a thousand. I'm just saying, yes. where's where's the clamoring for zebra coming from? I just saw them last year. Was it packed? Packed enough. <laughs> zebra, tell me what you want. Are they I local? Like you don't know this song. That was another dummy. Pretty literal. It's not that bad, actually. He's got great hair. Okay, I know this song. Wow. Jack Douglas production. Really? Really. Uh, Who did you think Zebra was? Not this. 
What's this, about 88? No, this is 81. 83. 83. Okay. A little raw. Is that the guy's real voice? Like, they didn't do any, like, speed up shit, like, recording Tom no, Fuller? he still sings. He can still do that. It's, wow. It's like kind of a and falsetto. What's the What's the uh, Cinderella song we should listen to? Nobody's Fool is, is Cinderella, but that might... Please don't make me listen to Nobody's Fool. <laughs> you got a deeper cut for us, Gabe, that you discovered? I know what he likes. He likes Shake Me. No, that's the one I didn't like. Actually, one of my one of my favorites would be... Uh, what the hell? I just played it the other day. There's Heartbreak Station. That's their ballad. Yeah. When they, I can't believe listen. these words are coming out of your mouth. Yes. yes. Heartbreak Station. Let's go to it. I don't even know you. Yes, you do. I didn't have Cinderella in my collection when I was on the road, you know, touring with everybody, but... You never had them in your collection. It was back at home. I don't have to anymore. I don't have to anymore. You just play it. Look, at Scott's leaving. Yeah. It's a bathroom break song. No. You like this song. Yes. It took 80 episodes to get Cinderella on the podcast. Listen it's to this take chorus. 80 to get him out. <laughs> you remember this song, Scott? No. How could you forget? I'm happy to say. Good. Ben, what do you say about this? Oh, You're pretty not, quiet. I mean, for what it is, for a heavy metal power ballad, it's not bad. I mean, I, it's the guy it's freaks me out the way he looks, but yeah. no, it's just bangs and a mullet. I don't know. He's got a big mouth. He's got a wide <laughs> mouth, <laughs> dude. Is that Tom Kiefer? Like a That's bass. Tom Kiefer. Tom Kiefer. Tom Kiefer. We could watch him acoustic live on the Def Leppard cruise in 2016. Nah, I was watching that, that earlier today. <laughs> You know what? Next thing Gabe's going to say, he's a Mr. Big fan. No, no. But you like Trickster. You always said I like Trickster. I don't know what that's all about. It's like Brian saying I like Slapshot. That's just an old joke that you throw out. You like Trickster. No, give it to me good. No. Is that who they were? Was he teasing you about Slapshot the movie? No. The band. The band. Oh, okay. Gabe's a huge... Slapshot the band fan. I don't know no. Slapshot the band. It's Boston hardcore. Oh, okay. It's hardcore from Boston, not not yeah. Boston the band. No, not Boston the band. Boston, the most full of shit song of all time of all time is rock and roll band. 
by Boston. Because they were already huge when they wrote it, right? No, because they, they'd never even been on tour when they wrote it. It was like a fantasy song. It was like them pretending to be a touring band. We were just another band out of Boston. No, you weren't. You never got out of your rec room, ever. Is it phonier than that We're an American Band song? That happened. Playing, Did it? Playing cards all night with Freddie King? Yeah, I got to tell you, poker is his thing. <laughs> I'll say there's some, authentic, some authenticity to Grand Funk Railroad, but Boston was a... Was not. I got no problem with Boston except for that song. I'm not a fan of smoking either. But that rock and roll band is some bullshit. Beside one of Boston by Boston, incredible. And don't look back. Whoa, that's a good jam. They played eventually the stadiums, didn't eventually they? Eventually they did. But when that song came out on that record, they hadn't been out of their own backyard yet. They didn't cut their teeth playing the clubs. Yeah, but you don't hold it against shoes. You're only holding. You're only complaining about this song because it's a bullshit story. Yeah, shoes doesn't write songs about being on the road. <laughs> this might be my favorite episode. Well, I think we've officially bottomed out here. <laughs>
Send you 